we wanted to vote you out the fountain. Because you went through a streak where you were just unbearable to be in the same room with. Really? You had shifted the atmosphere in the home where we can tell when you were in the house. No, no sway. No way. That's not me. Get another show. Get your mom on and get Allison on. We're going to get to the truth of that. Hey there, I'm Ari, your petite but powerful kingdom teaching professor and entrepreneur. I bring the sass, the laughs, and the serious let's get real and heal moments without any filters. Now meet my mom, Pastor D, the number one dunamis woman leading our healing for my soul movement. As a kingdom teaching pastor and life coach, she is unapologetically real, raw, and radical, but she's our rock and the voice of wisdom that we all need. And then there's Allison, fierce yet tender, and the voice for many single mothers. She's the silent heartbeat of our family and will be the first to tell you, yeah, life with these two can be crazy, but I got their back and we're in this together. As a dynamic trio, we spearhead the Healing From My Soul movement, sharing the miraculous healing power of God through our journey, truths, and a little humor as we guide women to pursue healing as a lifestyle so they may experience freedom within their life and legacy. Hey, my fellow healing hypers out there. Welcome back to another episode of Healing For My Soul podcast. If you have yet to like or subscribe to this podcast and this is your first time listening, I want you to definitely do so so you don't miss a beat because in this particular episode, um, I'm going to talk about everything that pretty much brings many women to healing and that's a man. Yep, yep, that, that man. I know it's other stuff, your mama, your daddy, it's a whole bunch, but typically it's that man. And when I say that man, I'm actually really focusing on not the man that you slept with, but the man that you were produced from and his sperm, which is your father. And I know for me, that is a big integral part as to why I had to pursue healing for my soul, because I thought that I was good. Um, and I know growing up that I had um, some pain and I had a deep 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 love for my father he was my cheerleader he was the one that supported me in all of my dreams but like I tell many women in our healing for my soul there's a difference between the father and the man and when I was around 12 years old I went to go live with my father and when I lived with him um, and my mom wasn't with him they were divorced my sister went to a different school um, so it was just me and him and it really uncovered a lot of things that I saw within the man, the addiction of drugs, um, the addiction of perversion. It was a lot of stuff that I was exposed to. But if a judge asked me, who would you still want to live with? I still would have said my father. But it was on Father's Day that I noticed um, the bills weren't getting paid. Eviction notice were coming at the door. Um, it was time for us to be able to leave, and I would pack up everything. I remember seeing my dad in such a desolate state, and I was young at that time, people coming in and out of our house, and I just was like, let me just pack up everything to get prepared because I knew an eviction was coming. And I remember writing on my walls this scripture, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but it was on this rainy day on Father's Day that the police came and they evicted us out of the house. I don't even know where I was. I really don't. But I remember seeing all of my stuff on the lawn and someone calling me and letting me know what happened. And it was foggy. And because I can't remember, I have a special guest that's here 
that came into my life right in that season. Um, and, you know, most of us say stepfather, but he was really a second dad in my life. Um, and he came right in the nick of time. And so I want y'all to welcome Byron to this podcast because... Hello, hello, I'm back. <laughs> You're they going let me to, come back, y'all. I don't know why, but they can let me come back. <laughs> he, he coming back, but he coming back from a different perspective, okay? Yeah. yeah. Because you were there, and I don't really, like I said, I don't really remember yeah. that integral moment, but I know you were there. Yeah. So give me yeah, a little it's, insight. It's pretty vivid um, for me. For, uh, I can remember the day, like, and, and it was actually Father's Day weekend because I remember your mom called me at work mm -hmm. and was like, all the girl stuff is outside. She had her truck. She said, I'm just trying to get as much stuff as I can. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to leave work. She was like, no, I got it. You know, just go ahead and finish work. But it was, uh, so the Father's Day came that Sunday. So mm -hmm. like you say, uh, the eviction had happened. So um, uh, was in a, he was in a bad way. Mm -hmm. And I can remember uh, coming home from work because I was doing an overnight shift. And... And I know it wasn't nothing but God. The Holy Spirit just guided me mm -hmm. and drove me exactly. I mean, I literally drove right up on your dad. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy crap, there he is right there. Mm -hmm. Knowing I just, I just wanted to go home. I just wanted to go home and just chill out with my family. But I knew it was something that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. So when I remember uh, walking up to him, I'm like, look, let's get you some help. Mm -hmm. You know, and I can remember him being just really defiant like mm -hmm. no there's nothing wrong with me I'm, I'm good I was like no you're not good and it was father's ass I said well I tell you what once I get home bring your girls up here to come see you mm -hmm. and he was like no 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 and I was like yeah you, you know I was I was firm on I was like yeah we'll be back and I remember bring you all back and you did not want to come at all mm. you were sitting in that car oh your face was so tight you was just I don't know what all was I know you was mad you know, uh, Allison was more, you know, like, oh, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's go. I want to see my dad. And, um, but I can remember you, I can, I can still see you sitting in the backseat of that car. You didn't even want, Eric, get out the car. Mm -mm. <laughs> Girl, get out the car, talk to your, your dad. So I don't remember this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so at that point, we were just trying to, we, we wanted to, we were even going to bring them in, into the home, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know? Ooh, ah, ain't nothing but God. I'm even thinking about that. But we, because we just wanted everything to be whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was extremely concerned about the girls um, because of what was going on um, with their dad's addiction. And the reason why, because that addiction hit my home um, with one of my uh, siblings. And I know the detriments of that. And I was just being led by God to um, make sure that that bridge was not broken. And I didn't know how to go about doing it. I just know I was being led by God to make sure that this bridge is just not completely broken. And um, we knew that was in a bad place and he ended up, you know, eventually getting, you know, starting getting itself together. But the, um, I can't imagine the the pain that you was feeling, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because it, and I, I just saw a lot of anger in it. it I definitely know that I was angry. You know, mm -hmm. I definitely know that your life kind of like shatters in that one moment. And I tell women, you know, all the time when I talk about this story is that, you know, I remember finding that house. Like every time that he was looking for a house for us to stay in, if it wasn't good enough for me, it was like, yeah, we're not going to get it. You know, mm -hmm. we're not going to get it. And so we were searching for this home because I 
you know, I was a feisty kid. So I was like, I'm staying in my district. I'm gonna stay with my friends. This is what the plan gonna be, right? I had so you it say all. Feisty. That's how you. That's how you categorize feisty. I was a very strong. <laughs> demanding child i like demanding okay. i like that let's let's keep going i knew what that. i wanted in life. that's true that's okay. a good point yeah and so to see all of my life just be shattered at that mm -hmm. moment and be in i felt embarrassed yeah, in front sure. of my friends to see my stuff on the lawn to see my friends you know have that and i remember going a little bit um dealing with a lot of my embarrassment in the time that he was dealing with addictions because he would show up, but he wouldn't show up like the dad that I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so I was kind of ashamed. And really, that was probably just an integral part of me feeling that level of abandonment, you know, mm -hmm. and just saying this got to the peak now of where we have no choice but to separate mm -hmm. and not being able to own this is what I've done. I think that was the thing that really made me upset was it was almost like living in a dream. I knew the eviction was coming. But he never sat down and said, hey, we're about to get evicted. Mm -hmm. And this is the plan. This is what I'm going to do to protect yeah. you. This is yeah. what I'm going to do to make sure that we're good. Right. And so I felt like I had to protect my own self. And that's probably where a lot of that anger stood, you know, sure. came from. Yeah. That Father's Day weekend was devastation. I didn't even know that I was angry. I didn't know that I was scared. What I remember was just being devastated, seeing all of my belongings wet in boxes. I was devastated. I mean, that's a tough spot to, you know, for you to be. I forget how old you were. You say you were 12. 12. Wow. And to have, because um, especially, so this is from my perspective, uh, you 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 live in a suburban life. Mm -hmm. These things don't happen to suburban kids. <laughs> Not to white Rich suburban kids, no. <laughs> and and so I can Oreo? understand the uh, <laughs> I can understand the the embarrassment. Yeah, you know, and so that's so that's going to stamp. So you're going to catch that from you know your peers and everything like that. And I could just remember from my mindset, I just wanted to cover everything up, and yeah. not not for people not to know. Yeah, I just wanted to cover you all. Yeah, and that's why I I wanted to do whatever it took, whatever it takes. Yeah, for you all not to to feel abandoned. Yeah, you know, do we have to bring here to to do this? And I can remember uh, uh, me and your mom, we will always be open with you and Allison and and inquired like how you guys feeling. Mm -hmm. At that time, you were so shut down. Mm -hmm. Like I don't feel nothing. That's on him. He the one got evicted. Like, holy crap, what is wrong with this woman? Hey, sis. So I know you're listening to this powerful episode, but let me tell you, there are so many other women that you need to connect with. And this is why I want to invite you to join our Healing For My Soul community. Yes, other women who are on this healing journey that you can be able to learn from, grow from, share your wounds with, share your wins with as you're on your healing journey. So connect to our community just by texting podcast. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Text podcast to 404-737-0580 and get connected with us and you'll get all the information on how to join our community. Again, that's podcast at 404-737-0580. Now let's get back to the episode. <laughs> and I was, I was stern. And the yeah. thing when I say, you know, what brought you to healing is that that was the underlying issue that I was always dealing with in that anger. But it wasn't until, you know, I went to seventh grade, eighth grade. We're not going to talk about that story, but that's how I got the nickname Oreo. I didn't even know I was a black girl living in a white neighborhood. <laughs> But anywho, I, in my sophomore year of college, I mean high school, I met uh, my first love who looked 
exactly like a young version of my dad. And I was not attracted to this person at all. But for some reason, he like captured my heart. Mm. Um, and I think it really like softened me and opened me up in a lot of ways. And that was the time that I felt that I could trust a man to some degree. And I believe at 16 years old, you know, I lost my virginity and we were in a relationship, you know, with that particular individual. I was in a relationship with this particular individual. And that's really where this soul tie began in my life, you know, of looking for love. And this man believed in me like my father. He believed in my dreams. He believed in who I was. Now, I don't know your perspective, because I remember you was like, I was trying to walk around like perfect Patty, like I was still a virgin. <laughs> and I think you saw me go through that transition. What, what was that like? So it, it was, um, it, it was interesting because just like you said, I mean, you, you had some people fool, but I, I, I tell your mom like, mm mm, <laughs> they doing some stuff. Ariel thought she had the wool pulled over everyone's eyes, so I would say yeah, she probably thought so. I don't think it it registered to her mind like I don't think Byron know, but yeah, I knew. <laughs> I I was not shocked that Byron knew that I wasn't a virgin. Like I knew that he knew before my mom knew. I just was trying to wonder when he was going to tell my mom that he knew. And that was what I was scared of because I didn't want her wrath more than anything. They doing some stuff. No, 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 no. Eric too smart. She doesn't know. Yeah, okay. And then, and then your attitude started shifting. You oh, yeah. really became rebellious. Uh, it used to be. Rebellious. <sighs> yes, you. <laughs> yes. I mean, you and your mother would come. Y'all would be added like sisters. Mm. And not only just, I mean, Allison was catching it too, because I know Allison wanted to throw you out the window a couple of times, like, Brian, just let me throw her out the window and we could be done with this. And we took a vote and it was like, no, nah, we ain't going to be able to do that. No, I'm just kidding. You look like, did y'all take a vote? Yeah. We wanted to vote you out the fountain. Because you went through a streak where you were just unbearable to be in the same room with. Really? You had shifted the atmosphere in the home where we can tell when you were in the house. Ariel always had to get the last word. And so that, I knew whenever it was, uh, I mean, she is a debater by nature, I think. And so she's always gonna get that last word in. And so during that time, those exchanges with her and her mom, it used to be so interesting because I was wondering who was gonna back down first. <laughs> No, no sway, no way. We'll get another show, get your mom on and get Allison on. We're going to get to the truth of that. But yeah, you, you were just going, when I think back on it, and I didn't connect the dots until just now, with everything that went on, mm -hmm. I can understand the, where all the rebellion was yeah. coming from. Because yeah. for me, um, I'm not... Uh, I'm new to parenting. I, I, ain't, I ain't raised kids mm -hmm. up. So my only thing was like, what the heck is wrong with her? Somebody need to punch her in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> because I never, I didn't come up in a household where it was back talk. And so you and your, your mother say something, you coming back. You, she say something, you coming back. I used to sit there like, mm. And she didn't hit me and knock me out. Oh, you don't remember that one time. We woke, we took you to the hospital, but it was fine. You know, police can't. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, because that's, but I was a very strong person. I think when you add in, you know, the love and the sex and a lot of those different things, you know, it, it probably made me 
have well it did it made me yeah. have my head so much higher sure you thought you had it all figured out i thought i had we, it all we, figured out we couldn't tell you nothing and we had um, me and your mom had got to the point where it's like you know what and I was just, well, I can remember trying to tell your mom, you got to let her get, get some scars on her knees. And that's what happens, I think, oftentimes, because when we don't want to acknowledge that we're really hurting, pride is what kicks in. And yes, you guys could be listening and be like, okay, you were 16, but this happens amongst women across oh, the sure. board, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you think that you're better than, and that transitioned me right into college. And, and I know when we went to college, me and that particular person separated. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time of me feeling this big separation of a soul tie and so I started like trying to find that love in every single person on that campus but it wasn't happening and I was now giving my body away more and more and this perfect patty that was a virgin till she was going to be married that now lost her virginity has a number that I can't even count at this point right and drinking (laughs) but I had to really go through The process, like you said, to kind of get some scars. But in the midst of that, I was still haughty. I was still thinking that I was better than. And then not only that, I started competing in pageants and did Miss Black and Gold. And then getting that. And now my head is just all in the skies. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until my senior year that I really had my breaking moment. Mm. And I remember being in, you know, with so many different men. And I remember having the conversation with my high school sweetheart. And I was in the car. And he said to me, he said, Ariel, I don't know what you're doing. He said, but I know these men are not loving you the way that you desire to be loved. And at that time, he was with his girlfriend, who was now his wife. And that woke me up to recognize, like, I got to go back to the true sense of self. I got to go back to the foundation of what it really means to be a daughter, because at that time, I was trying to be my own self-made young woman. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to do whatever. And so I started going to church away from everybody in college campus. I didn't even want to see anybody that I was associated with. And I would go to church. And that's when I really felt like I got back into my relationship with God, the father Mm -hmm. in a more intimate level, almost back to when I was 12 years old. Mm. And I remember being in that church every Sunday crying. My only person that was there was my cousin. And it was just such an intimate moment. So I said, you know, during my college graduation day, I want to surprise you all. And I said, I'm going to get baptized. And I remember that night that I was out for college graduation. And it was this one particular person that I constantly had this soul tie with. I mean, he made me angry, so angry. But the sex was good. And I, I know this kind of too much for your ears. But it was amazing. They burned off by now anyway. And so yeah. it was like, but then to have sex with somebody is so good, but then they make you so angry. Like like you said, being in the room, you could feel the tension. When I mm-hmm. used to get in the room with this particular individual, my friends would be like, y'all need to, one of y'all got to go. It's just, <laughs> it's too much tension. It's too much going on. Okay. So this senior night, I remember not talking to this individual. And I remember being at the bar. And given it, I was going to church on Sunday, but I was at the bar and I was taking back Long Island. You know, Long Island, a strong drink. Mm. And I had about three or four that night. Woo. And I remember looking at this particular person and I said, if I'm going to leave college, I'm going to leave ending this with a bang. Okay. And I remember I didn't talk to this person for months. And we both looked at each other. And next thing you know, I was in his bed. We were having this passionate Close your sex, if that's what you want to call it. Never heard that before. Hey, you all, I know you've been enjoying these episodes. I know you've been enjoying this podcast. So what 
I need you to do? I need you to like. I need you to comment. And most of all, I need you to subscribe. That is going to keep you connected with us. That's going to keep me connected with you. That's going to keep us on the same Healing for My Soul movement. Remember, like, comment, and subscribe. Like, comment, and subscribe. Well, enough of that. Let's get it going, and let's get back to this episode. To me, it was closure. It was the last <laughs> night before we was about to go back home, right? And I remember not feeling shameful, but feeling like, this is about to be the end of your journey. And I remember you all called me because that was a graduation night. And that next morning, Sunday morning, you were like, all right, we're about to hit the road. We're going home. And I was like, wait, wait, I'm getting baptized. <laughs> and I got Long Island alcohol in my breath, mini skirt, heels. And I remember jumping out the bed, putting on my skirt, putting on my heels, running back to my crib, getting in my car, putting on a nice little dress, going to church. And then I got baptized. Mm-hmm. And it was like the most freeing part of my life. But I remember you hugging me and you said. I'm like, holy crap, what was you drinking last night? <laughs> During Ariel's baptism, when I hugged her, I was like, wow, had a few drinks last night. <laughs> I wanted to tell him like, dip her twice. <laughs> Going out with the bang, my college graduation night, wasn't just because I wanted to do something. It was like, if I'm gonna really, really, really have this walk with Christ, I'm just gonna give my all before I embark upon it. And I think that's just the, I don't say the best way, but that was my way, okay? That was my way of saying I'm walking away from everything. And I think when you know where you're going, it's good when you can make decisions from where you're about to leave. And I was like, if this is not the perfect way to come back to Christ, I don't know I what that, other yeah, way. That's there. Yeah. And people always say, well, Ariel, were you absent after that to be perfect? No. I really had to go back to the foundation of the Father and really understand who I was to the core as mm -hmm. a woman. And I remember coming back home and my mom turned our home into a transitional living home and women were healing. And I still had pride. Mm-hmm. Because I remember coming home and I was like, these women are hurting. What, what the hell? This is too much. Oh, yeah. You were very judgmental. I was so judgmental. Because <laughs> you had it all figured out. And, and I still thought I had it all yeah, figured out. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I was hurting. Yeah. Knowing that that man still had a hold on my mind, my soul. Knowing that my father was hurt and pain was still there. Knowing that my high school sweetheart was still in my but life. You, did you really know, though? I, I and, knew. and operated so you you were operating in that manner knowing that I know I'm being obstinate I know that I'm just going against the grain I, I knew because every time that I laid my head down at night mm. it was constant tears every time I looked at myself in the mirror behind closed doors I was talking negative to myself I was wow. trying to fill myself with just it was a constant race of negative thoughts. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. No one's going to love you. You're never going to find that kind of love again. And that was all happening every time I closed that door. But then I would mm. come out and I would judge everybody. Yeah. And I would look. And that's why I always say. And it's such a um, uh, definitive way. You yeah. know, just not. It wasn't passe. It's just like. And it used to really disturb me, especially talking to your sister in that mm -hmm. way. I, I, I just couldn't deal with that. And yeah. um, like, why are you just, you know, why are you like that? Why are you so angry? Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a, a straight answer. It's just like, well, because you would justify anything that mm -hmm. you were getting into. Yeah. You had a reason for it. Yeah, I would justify it. And I think that that's a lot of things that happen with women nowadays is that we try to justify our behaviors. But I had to realize 
my breaking point was recognizing, I remember the breaking point at that house, women were healing, and my high school sweetheart came over, and he was about to propose to his wife, or his fiance, mm. the girl that they got together in, in college. And again, the second time around, he came, and he said, this is going to have to be our final goodbye. Mm. I cannot be friends with you, because out of respect for her, I got to let go of everything that was in my past. Mm. And I remember sitting in, it was you all's master bedroom, but then it became my bedroom because, mm -hmm. you know, my room was gone when I came back for the house of healing. <laughs> and I remember sitting on that floor and we were both sitting there and he walked out the door and that was like seeing my best friend mm -hmm. and the person I lost my virginity with, the one that I began this soul tie with, the one that looked like my father leave. And it, it was the abandonment all over again. And I was like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to heal. And that's when I was like, healing is not for the hurt, but it's for the humble. Yes. <laughs> because the pride had to be broken so much. And I remember having to go downstairs, be with those women every Saturday, and sit there and to get fed the word of God. Because what did I have to go back to? Law school didn't work out. I didn't go get another corporate job. I still didn't like my mother to some per se, but it was like, you got to sit here and deal and heal mm -hmm. and, and recognize that your shit stink just like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And I think that that's what happens with most women is they don't want to ever get to that point to really break themselves. And it was a crucifying process, sure. but that's what kept me in constraint to not have sex with just any random man. That's what kept me. And that's what started feeling my purpose and my vision yeah. and beginning this whole yeah. movement in itself. Sure. And so it was pivotal. I can remember, yeah, I, and just as you, stay, as you started um, attending uh, every Saturday, um, and it wasn't, you know, um, just as, as you were there, but were you really there at the yeah. beginning? No. Because I can remember you still not really just waiting for it to be over. Well, I'm just going because my mom going to make me go, so... You know, um, and that was for you you and Alice. It was yeah. just like dragging you all <laughs> to, you know... <laughs> Uh, a concentration camp or something like yeah. that because, but then I, I began to see you softening yeah. a little bit by a little bit. Like, oh, wow, Ariel coming around. She's coming around. You did back a little bit, but it, I, I saw the, the process yeah. starting. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, when you left, and I'll say this in closing, and you seeing you and my mom necessarily separate, I think that it did hurt, but at the same time, I also was so grateful because I can't imagine who I would have been if I didn't have any father figure. Mm. And so I knew that that chapter had to close. But then at the same time, I was like, God, I thank you for sending another man that could deal with me in that time and to see me and to love me like a daughter. And so you stood in the gap. And I know a lot of you are listening. You may not have had someone stand in the gap. But you, as a woman, have to make a decision to humble yourself and to truly say, I'm going to heal and I'm going to mend the broken places of my life. And I want you to be thankful for every person that has even dealt with your anger, your attitude, even if it's your husband, that man in your life, because you are hurting and people are getting the brunt of your hurt. But you got to sit yourself down and you say, I got to humble myself to be able to heal. And so I thank you for that. I thank you all for listening to this episode. I pray you were blessed and something came out of this. But at the end of the day, I want you to not only acknowledge 
the people in your life that have been there. But I want you to sit back and I want you to examine your life and say, God, where do I need to be humble? Where do I need to be broken? Where do you need to break this pride to build me back up to be the woman that you have called me to be? Thank you for tuning in and keep with us on this Healing for My Soul journey. 